folk music was not, it wasn't an industry. It's what people did on their porches. It's what people sang to their grandchildren. It's the, the way people remembered the past. It wasn't the next record you were going to put out or the, the festival you were going to see. You know, we, we're not going to undo all of that. There's an incredible industry and there's an incredible uh, way for people to tell their story now in a, in a contemporary way that includes recording and broadcasting it and touring it and sharing it. So I'm not suggesting that we need to throw all of that out and right. just sit on porches, but I think at its essence, music is a, an expression of people's humanity. And when we get into the place where we have an industry built around it, it's important for us to look and see whose humanity is being perpetuated mm. and who's intentionally or unintentionally being forgotten. In January 2020, the Folk Americana Roots Hall of Fame journeyed to New Orleans for the annual Folk Alliance International Conference. The meeting brought together the artists and supporters who keep storytelling alive and well, and it is a unique opportunity for all musicians of different generations and styles to listen, perform, and learn. Over the next three months, the Hallways team will bring the meeting to you through music and conversation, starting with the executive director of the FAI, Angus Finnan. Angus has led the Folk Alliance since 2014, and he happens to be the first non-American director, a Dublin-born, Canadian-raised artist and humanitarian. Angus knows firsthand the touring life of a folk musician, he has produced highly successful music festivals, and as an administrator of the arts, he has seen the importance of musical culture and community. As a musical anthropologist of sorts, Angus teaches us all about the music of Americana before America, and that we cannot lose sight of our roots in folk. We were honored to get to know Mr. Finnan and have a conversation about where the Alliance has been and where it is heading. We talk about the voice of the indigenous artist that cannot be forgotten and should be celebrated and the responsibility we have to care for ourselves and others in a planet that allows us to keep sharing the story from one generation to the next. of the Angus Finn and, and we're up I don't know I didn't know this place had 49 floors but here we are <laughs> and thank you for um, all that you've done for the Folk Alliance to keep this going oh, my, my pleasure it, um, it is really keeping it going it's a, a legacy and a, much of what we're doing now is uh, was part of the, the conversation 32 years ago when people gathered in, in Malibu to talk about whether or not there should be an alliance of all the, the folk festival and, and folk community members mm -hmm. and uh, to to be part of the story now 32 years later is a an honor and I mm -hmm. think a, a responsibility because it, it's there are people here who were at that first meeting 32 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, to see the the community uh, grow and yeah. diversify and uh, come into its own again. I, I think of it not as a revival, um, yeah. but as a, a renaissance at this stage. And then we have people that are up and coming, and we have everyone from people in their teens and 20s on to Tom Rush. And I, I love the fact that what we've seen in the last couple of days is that there's there's a family aspect to this of learning from each other, but also teaching. When we talked with Ani DeFranco, it was very clear. She's absorbing everything her whole life as a songwriter, but she's a mentor to 
Ani's a mentor to so many musicians, but she's also been a student of all of the greats mm-hmm. that were probably at that table 32 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're from Ireland initially, right? Or? Born, born in Ireland, raised in Canada, and then uh, moved down to the States uh, six years ago to take on the, this role with Vocal Alliance. Yeah, yeah. When you think about you and music and your own roots, what do you think about? Yeah, it's... Um it's interesting. I mean, I, I with a name like Angus Finnan, when I started into music, I avoided doing Irish music because I didn't want to get stuck doing that. But at the same time, I was uh, searching for, as as the eldest son um, in a immigrant family, mm-hmm. not knowing my own place inside the culture of Canada, you look to well, what what's the story? What what's the story of my family looking back. So although I don't have memories of Ireland, um, I was acutely aware that my parents were from a different place. Mm. And so it was the songs that they sang, and they weren't great singers. They sang songs because it was memory of a place, and it was stories. And They I, sang stories. Exactly. Yeah. And I had visceral and visual images of this place that I was from through song. So yeah. to me, it was less about being from Ireland or there being Irish songs, but that songs had the power to tell a story and that it could travel across an ocean. And indeed, if you look at many of the songs that uh, became mm. traditional songs to the the North American folk canon, um, there's a lot of that migration of music. Mm. I think for, for me, in my personal and professional evolution, it's uh, also... Um, and a, an awareness that I have to remind myself of that because the the folk music community and the music industry uh, has been invented, managed, shepherded, mm-hmm. controlled by a particular demographic, which includes European-based, even as North American residents, curators of that music, yep. that there is often... Uh, a definition of fo- a traditional definition of folk that orients towards that view and right. that demographic and white European exactly. Yeah. So even if it is the North American music with some gray hair, usually yeah. exactly what that has done um, is create a certain us and them view of right. Uh, right. folk music or the 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 sounds of America that that we. I think at this time have to uh, reconcile with the reality that there there were tradition there's traditional music that predates any traditional quote unquote music coming from America or informing the cowboyology of North America. What I gathered you were getting at was the indigenous element here, where what I'm struck with, and I was an anthropology major in college, and so I always I've always been fascinated with the way the cultures interact and cross-pollinate. And the fact that you have artists that we've talked with that bond in that label of indigenous, I think that's a, a really powerful thing because there needs to be, a, I think, a home for that. Um, it's long overdue. There's a need. There has been, I mean, just looking historically, it begins with erasure of indigenous peoples, uh, whether that's under the title of uh, Indian, Native American, First Nations. Um, we use the term indigenous because we are we are talking globally, so we're looking at hmm. you know, indigenous people and cultures. Um, 
regardless of the, the country and not U.S. specific, but in the context of folk lines and the music industry here, uh, first of all, it's reconciling that there there was an erasure, and that to this day um, has uh, a, a, has created this invisible status within um, uh, America in particular. Um, that, that what's what's invisible. The, the the music itself or the concept? Tell the, me more about the that. idea. I mean the 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 race. The fact that the race conversation uh, is primarily black and white, and, and it's see. not about reconciliation, uh, tr- literally, you know, truth and reconciliation with what happened in North America, right? And right. the erasure of the original inhabitants of the, of the continent, right? Um, so and, when you say invisible, um, it's because it's, it's almost the like the story has been has been washed away. Exactly, and there are vibrant communities here and cultures that continue. And it doesn't mean that an indigenous artist has is is representing tradition. There are amazing blues artists who are indigenous. So you're mm. you're right. There there's um, there is some tension around how one presents uh, because a panel, you know a panel of producers, we should be looking actively to ensure that uh, an indigenous producer is present on that. Hmm. Um, Not just having an indigenous producer on a panel about indigenous people in the music industry. So Hmm. there's a, there's a place for each of those conversations, Hmm. but they're very different conversations. Hmm. And, uh, and that only comes from not making the decisions, uh, as a, as a white male leader of of an organization that is typically structured around uh, a particular nonprofit model serving a particular demographic, uh, it's not my place to determine when we label it the indigenous stage right. or not. Um, that comes out of conversation with artists and with industry and elders and trusted advisors uh, to to make sure that it's the right time. There will be a time when we won't need or want to have that title on a stage right and it's it's not yet right now it's important that we yeah. proudly celebrate and welcome while still asking in indigenous artists and industry where they want to be placed as opposed to placing them on that stage because that's that's right. how they are designated it's like the token right exactly uh, you know i th- i think what's fascinating is that it, having this conversation with you and thinking about that topic i have to remind myself we're talking about music because i love the fact that that's sort of the thread that is making this conversation happen because you can get people in a room together and have a panel discussion about the cultures and the history and telling the story but there's something very um relatable when when, when it comes to the fact that it's being told through song through that lens the to me the grounding issue is always that there are amazing songwriters and amazing musicians and amazing creative artists who are indigenous or from other marginalized communities who have not had the same um, access to or comfort or welcome or invitation um, to the music industry and that it's our definitive responsibility to to recalibrate some of that and to make sure that the doors and windows of the house of folk are open wide so we look outside of the family that we've known and realize that there are there's an extended family yeah. uh, that we might need to renovate the house a bit that there's that 
<laughs> right. room in the back that if we just cleaned it up a bit, there's you know room for someone there, and there's there's the attic still, and right. that that it's certainly under the the idealistic banner of the folk music genre. There's a social justice ethos yes. at its heart that has shown up time and time again in the the songs and artistry. Uh, on picket lines and in civil rights marches and and in the pacifist movement, uh, and those good intentions mm -hmm. are, you know, that they shone brightly at a certain time. Mm. They are a legacy of the the values and good intentions of the folk music community. But I think the work for us to do now is to to make sure that um, that the communities who have not had not not just access, but that voice. not not had the voice or felt comfortable because not because the music industry was saying you're not welcome, but because as a community, as a the people, culture. they literally are still dealing with the trauma of the residential school system and the boarding school system or uh, enslavement and all of the systemic things that are still inside society politically, economically, through mm -hmm. education, and on the streets of modern North America that have created a, a, a divide and that mm. when, when you're living with that and you try and penetrate the, the, the music industry of Nashville, New York, LA in terms of uh, not a, not a marginalized or boxed in yeah. um, definition of your, your right. craft, there are, there are issues and obstacles that w we must uh, address as an organization. It's not about having people come into the thing that we have built, but actually considering whether the thing that we have built needs to be renovated or reconstructed. Because right. that uh, house, and yeah, and and that's I mean, I'm talking about the definition of a genre. But I think there is something existential to to the idea of categorizing music. I mean, folk music was not; it wasn't an industry. It's what people did on their porches. It's what people sang to their grandchildren it's the the way people remembered the past it wasn't the next record you were going to put out or the the festival you were going to see those are all captures of a concept and right. i think um you know we, we're not going to undo all of that there's there's an incredible industry and there's an incredible uh way for uh, people to tell their story now in a in a contemporary way, whether that's traditional music or con contemporary um, material, but that includes recording and broadcasting it and touring it and sharing it. So I'm not suggesting that we need to throw all of that out and right. just sit on porches. But I, but I think at its essence, music is a, an expression of people's humanity. And when we get into the place where we have an industry built around it. It's important for us to look and see whose humanity is being perpetuated mm. and whose has intentionally or unintentionally been forgotten. Been forgotten. Because in the perpetuation of that culture, it, 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 it normalizes a certain voice forever. That the, there's more to be gained from having more diversity in the complete expression of what folk music is for all of us. There was a band that came in... Uh, couple hours ago that is from Chicago and they have all shapes and sizes different ages black white um, and there was a woman of woman of color there as well uh, it might have been from uh, uh, Hispanic uh, origin but I think it's really interesting to see some different backgrounds coming together 
and creating a sound. And to me, that's sort of like, a, uh, again, the microcosm of what we're trying to express. The Folk Alliance gives the opportunity for that as a family, which, which I've seen in a broader scale here, mm-hmm. is there's a real uh, connection that people have to each other, mm-hmm. um, which, is a, which is a bond that I think it's almost, it's almost hard for some people to go back to their lives and to, uh, to explain that to others. Yeah. I mean, the academic nature of this conversation and the, the philosophical nature and the industry nature of it all aside, once you put musicians in spaces together, their music becomes the common language. Right. And, uh, and, and I think that's, uh, again, one of the magic things that happens, not just here at Vocal Lines, but in any sort of musical setting, including backstage at a festival. It's one thing to be performing for an audience. It's another thing to let your guard down and, and sit back and play with other musicians. And, and music allows people who have never met before to all right. of a sudden have a common language. Yeah. I, I think to, the best. to come back to this, the central part of this conversation, mm. if it's the same group of people always sharing music together, then you there's still great collaborations that will come from that, but it's limited uh, in terms of the, the breadth and depth of yeah. cultural expression and uh, and and the more we find ways to have different communities represented here the more artists are going to fall in love with each other's work and the the, the more cross-pollination yeah. and and innovation and fusions um, will will come from that and and the more we'll see projects that have that global influence or that re- regionally diverse mm-hmm. uh, influence and to me that's exciting and doesn't mean that someone can't just stand and deliver as a singer-songwriter or one sure. one can't honor their Armenian traditional no, there roots needs and to play. be a place for that absolutely um, what comes to mind is some of your your goals uh, I presume that part of the discussion of diversity and uh, equal opportunity is really something that if that you feel strongly about um, I mean it's been a it's been a five-year process of integrating um, it into our, our programming our operations our thinking as an organization as as leaders so that's not going to stop i mean this right. is, this really marks the the formal and comprehensive beginning of the cultural equity work we've been building up to this stage but the the heavy lifting is the next 5 to 10 years in in terms of that uh, that focus but as we go into this year you know more than anything we need to talk about um, the the environment as well, uh, the consequence of touring. The, we all flew into this event. Uh, you know what what is the impact of the folk music community and the touring acoustic music and touring music hmm. community? Hmm. What what's the balance between culture and sharing and the the cost the the, the bigger picture cost um, and the fact that if we don't come here, we don't have these conversations. Right. But then again. But it, it's good to talk, but sometimes, as you know, like with all conferences, right. there's a little bit of kumbaya effect, and then we go on to our, other li- our mm-hmm. own lives. Well, and so the, you got to keep that, that alive somehow. That the, that venues and festivals at a, at a more localized level, venues and festivals are those gathering places. So right. the, the the folk alliance of of any city is the the folk club or the festival field or the theater where people gather. So these same things can happen. So I'm not saying that we undo what we are and we don't have conferences anymore. I just think it's an important conversation we should be having. Um, we also need to continue the conversation about uh, mental health and, and addiction within the, the 
music community, and I don't just mean musicians, but it is a particularly challenging life and lifestyle to have your personal identity be your public product. profile and yeah. the product and, and your full-time work and you know to not have the security of a, a workplace or defined roles that you can leave at the end of the day and to live for not live for the applause but to have to manage the the ego and the mm. expectations of a life where you stand on stage and get applause every three minutes or not get the gig or don't get accepted to the festival or don't and how how you manage at a soul level mm. Um, mm. the activity of creating work for others but always having to be on in a certain way and yep. and yep. to be full of doubt and and then to to navigate a life where you're away from home and friends and family you have no real secure income you have all of these all of these measures that would for anyone else be be triggers or things that might lead to to depression or uh, or alcohol abuse that 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 are all stacked up and it's called a career you know and then you're working <laughs> And and you're surrounded by alcohol at all times, right. and um, and you don't have the protection. You start your job of, at eight p.m. a lot, absolutely, yeah. or or even being in a workplace where yeah. you don't have your your employer is the person with the check, but there's no professional relationship, and the the harassment and discrimination within all of those environments where there's actually no way to to uh, address it, and th so I, I think there, there's a there's a lot of complexity. Hmm to the conversation if we look at the the health, the long-term health of our community and yeah. keeping ourselves accountable and, and and not nursing this idea that the tortured artist is a is a good thing and that's where yeah. good art comes from uh, because it's not fair to anyone. Right. And it's not An fair. Occasional good song comes out of it, but it's not the reason to do it. <laughs> sure, it's not. Yeah, but, but there is this sort of uh, heroic... Right. Um, bizarre brand around the you know the the road warrior the road warrior yeah. tortured yeah, yeah, yeah. artist thing yeah. that is not fair it's not fair right. to put that expectation or um to elevate that image yeah. of the source of art well that alone sounds like an amazing goal for 2020 and forward not just not just this year but taking care of ourselves and as we try to and as artists uh, try to do what they do to support the communities and make art and make new new creations, but also taking care of themselves. So, what a pleasure! Thanks so much. My pleasure. We'd like to thank Angus Finnan for what he continues to do for folk culture and community. Please join us at the Folk Americana Roots Hall of Fame. For tickets and to learn more, go to folkamericanarootshalloffame.org. A very special thanks to the band Honeysuckle for the music you hear on this episode. You can learn more about Honeysuckle at honeysuckleband.com. Thank you for listening to Hallways. Be sure to subscribe to us via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, where you hear future guests like Keb Moe, Annie DeFranco, Mill Carton Kids, Tom Rush, and more. Hallways is created in partnership with the Box Center and Above the Basement Boston Music and Conversation.